0: Alice, how are you?
1: I'm very good, Robin.
0: How are you? I'm perfect. Uh thanks for asking. So, before we jump into the album, we, we were just talking kind of about uh yeah, I would say taking uh, keeping yourself busy the past 2 years. Now, creativity, how did that work for you? Was the was that difficult the past few years?
1: Um yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um At the very start of the pandemic, this idea that the world was going to end was really forefront in my mind. You know, I had um, myself and all of my musician friends and artist friends and job friends. Every single person had their job um, security or life culture security taken away from them. And we were all in a similar position. And so my in my heart, I just went, boo, what the? what is the meaning of life? And, uh, for the first year I, I did very, very little. I actually turned away from music. Um, I think I just needed a break. Like a lot of people, I think we were tired of the way that we'd been living pre pandemic. And now a lot of us see the difference that we want to, the difference in our life and our working life that we want to have. So I took a Break, huge break from music. I just listened to movies. That was the most amount of music I did. I listened to old teenage records that I loved. I went through all of those and uh, I listened to movies and listened to lectures, but I basically did no music for the first year. And um, my management see, saw that and they said, okay, so I think what you should do is work with other people. So it gives you a completely other perspective. And then I jumped into a project. With um, this whole new person, um, a whole new co-producer, and then my life completely changed. It's like um, it's if you were a painter, it's like being handed completely other paints. Um, your world just develops and blossoms. Um, but the first year, no, I did fucking nothing. I, I had nothing to do. I had nothing to give. Yeah.
0: When you took stock of, of your career and what you've done so far, well, what were the things that you noticed? What were the things that kind of stuck?
1: Um, oh, that's a nice question. It it wasn't negative per se. The the feeling wasn't negative. Okay. It was more, I've done so much um, that I'm not, that I was thinking maybe I should just do something completely different. And that's why I started to make furniture and <laughs> paint and um, I started thinking well if the world is going to change now maybe music is not so useful anymore because it's not so physical it's more ethereal and you know it's yeah. up in the air I know it's very healing music for me is a healing thing I mean the music that I love that I listen to I, I would die without it so I understand um, that it is also important to make music I know that yeah but it's it's up in the fucking air. It's like, but with furniture making, you could possibly learn to, you know, connective skills. And that's where the hands idea for the album came in because I thought, well, what can I do? What can I physically do that can help? Um, So I started gathering these skills, these other skills aside from music, um, which would make me useful in this new world. And yeah, yeah. Uh, it, was, it was very helpful helpful to think outside of the musical box. And what that gave to me then was I began to look at music in a fun way rather than a job way. I hate to even use the word job because it's really not a job. You know? <laughs> it's, not. it's fun and you travel and you make music. Um, but after I decided, OK, maybe music is not the thing that's going to keep me afloat or alive or anything, um that was when music began to be really fun and experimental and that's uh where this album came from it was a place of like ah fuck it let's just have fun and not care what anybody thinks and um so we weren't under any pressure from how to sound or uh, to accommodate uh any business or it was just a fun experience with a friend with a new friend yeah yeah. You
0: mentioned this new palette then that you kind of had to paint with musically. Um what what was it like then? Were you like a kid in a candy store trying out everything and anything? Or how how <laughs> did that those first couple of attempts go?
1: Oh, that's a nice it's a nice visual. Like you go in and you see a kid and there there was, man, there was so much childlike. There was there was laughter that I hadn't done in such a long time, you know, where you laugh at yourself because you're laughing so weirdly um, or so deeply. And and then, I mean, we were in the country, really deep in the country, and we would make an extremely stupid techno music just for the fun of it, you know. And it was this environment of having the best of everything, the best of all the equipment in the world. And then using this tiny little cigar speaker and putting a fucking like 2000 euro electric guitar through it, this tiny and just having fucking stupid fun and saying, oh, my God, that sound is so unusual. Let's use it or or and nostalgia was a really like we used a lot of nostalgic sounds like what what song did you love in the 80s? Okay, let's fucking. Mm. All right. Let's explore that sound, and so there was a lot of um, you know, this phrase never uh, never give away your influences. I think it's like, no, just a nod to your influences is a, is a very nice thing. Um, but yeah, it was a uh, like you say, kid in a, ca- in a candy shop, we just had no time, uh, there was no time limit, and we could just do what we want. Nobody was looking over our shoulders asking us for something. And we, we were like, let's try and get it done in 50 weeks. And we did.
0: Okay. Yeah. And you mentioned uh, listening to old records kind of, uh, of of when you were a teenager. And then now you mentioned kind of this this nostalgic uh, sound. Uh, what is it? Because I find myself listening to a lot of synthwave uh, music these days. It's kind of this, this uh, they call it retrofuturism or something. Okay. Oh, cool. uh, but, but the this sound of the 80s or, or perhaps just of, of anyone's childhood uh, no matter what the sounds were uh, what makes it so compelling?
1: It feels safe uh, you feel very safe and comforted when you listen to something that touched you when you were fifteen or you know I mean they say that the the teenage years are the most influential on on your musical loves and your musical background and, and your personality actually yeah um, And I found the things that I loved when I was that age, I felt very free and very um, worryless when I was my teenage years. And I used songs that made me dance, actually, because the um, 2019, 2020, sorry, 2020 was a very stagnant year. You know, there was a lot of sitting, a lot of lying down, a lot of sleeping, um, a lot of tiredness, um, which I think a lot of us went through and um so I didn't want to live that life anymore I was like I am a very energetic person I need I need exercise to feel good and um so I used music that from the 80s that made me want to like fucking do this you know Mm -hmm. move even the smallest bit just anything I needed excuses to make myself move um So, yeah, it was like Pat Benatar fucking shoulder pad 80s Mm -hmm. tunes and um, driving music sounds, you know, um, Bruce Springsteen, you know, straight bass line, straight kick, straight snare. Um, It was it was a a, an exercise in productivity and movement, actually, was Mm. the record, Um, because I knew also that Hopefully at the end of the two years or or hopefully at the end of the pandemic cycle, which they said was usually four years, that I'm going to I was like, at the end of this, I'm going to get the most amazing fucking band and I'm going to get drums, bass, synth and loud. Everybody's going to play loud and heavy and fast for two hours every night. It's just going to be full on fucking extreme expenditure of energy. Um, So I wrote a record that would I'd be able to do that.
0: Right, now, the start of this and you mentioned trying to get fit, and then this this fits well musically as well is uh, I lose myself completely, which which is which does ha- embody those 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 nostalgic sounds but also has that meaning for you where you Kind of felt like you had to make a change for the better in terms of health. Um, yeah. So, so that process did um, that, that give you a lot of energy? That I, I imagine I'd, I stopped drinking, or I, not officially, but I don't drink that much anymore uh, since I've yeah. been out of college, and it made made a big difference. So,
1: yeah, it's. I mean, when you see what it does to your life comparatively after you give it up, it's like, why would I? Why does anybody drink? It's like, <laughs> it's. It's unhealthy, it clouds your mind and you think that you're more creative. You think that it helps your creativity. And in the end, it just doesn't do any of that. It's just a stupid fucking drug, Um, addictive drug. And it's, yeah, so um, I really recognized that I wasn't clear-headed and I was holding myself back and I'd be like, I really want to go down this path or I really want to do this with my life. And then I go oh I drink and and it was just this vicious cycle um but what I have noticed from not drinking is when the week that I gave up my life was like I could breathe again mm. I, I was breathing deeply my I, my dreams came back I was writing nonstop, and um within the first month I wrote I wrote 15 and that's no joke sorry, okay.
0: no, sorry.
1: I, I wrote 15 fucking songs the first month it was as if my body was just like screaming at me would just give mm. up the drink uh because i came from it it was getting pretty serious you know i was drinking shots first thing in the morning mm. just to get through the day and it was all becoming a little bit too dangerous and um i was like look i practiced this a lot in my life I want to be an energetic, I want to get my energy back and I want to do these two-hour shows every night. So, you know, I can't do that if I'm drinking. Um, so there was a lot of future thinking. Uh, thinking about my future went into giving up drink and, and getting into exercise and um, just generally thinking for my future. You know, yeah.
0: Those 15 songs, did Did any of them end up on the album?
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, Eight of them. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. There was um, two, two that weren't written. So, uh, "Go" "Go" was written on the previous record, mm-hmm. but it was it really became the song that it is on this record. And uh, the other song, I can't even remember what the other song was. To be honest with you, uh, I'd have to look at my phone book or my list. Um, w- there was two songs basically that were not written on the 50 weeks, but they were just fragments of it. And, um, but I'd like to think that the whole record was written in that, in that first month. And then we just fixed it, fleshed everything and carved everything over the course of the following 50 weeks. Well, um, having the, having the whole record at the very start, it's so fresh and, and mm. raw. And, um, it, it, there's that idea again, a kid in a candy shop. It was like, wow, this, outpouring of new energy and uh new new way of writing was like yeah i used the lyric but it was honestly like a key in the door Mm. yeah yeah it was uh i'd highly recommend somebody giving up drink or taking on exercise or doing something huge making a huge decision just before they write a record. Okay, um, certainly helped, definitely helped, yeah.
0: And, and this goes into then, I suppose, uh, what's wrong with changing, and obviously that's about uh, more societal topics as well. But the, just the notion uh, of change, I, I suppose, uh, is very a, a very interesting one because on the one hand you would say change is inevitable; everything's changing all around us all the time, uh, but mm-hmm. then for some reason, as humans, cling to to whatever we can uh, at times. So for you, why is making a change or a big change like that, why is that so impactful for you? Did you know that you can change what you taste by what you hear? How can you use sound to make a deeper connection with your clients? Can we be healed with sound? Sound influences people in their buying decisions and their daily lives. In the podcast, Audio Branding, I explore all of this, both with my own observations as a voice actor of over 15 years and by interviewing knowledgeable professionals in the field of advertising, marketing, music and science. To have a listen for yourself, visit Audiobrandingpodcast.com. Um, change,
1: like you say, it's, uh, there's nothing not changing. Um, and that makes me very comfortable. Um, and I know that makes a lot of people very uncomfortable. But for me, that makes me that's where I shine. I'm like, okay. oh, what anything could happen. So let's just take what we have right now and make the best of it, actually. Um, so that's why I love mistakes on stage, because sometimes they bring out a different chord that you've you would never have invented. Um or you sing a bit differently or or somebody laughs at something and then you take that punchline that they laughed at that you didn't recognize and you bring that into something else in your stage show or your jokes between songs. There's always something to learn um, so that I I call them happy accidents. Um, yeah. I think there's there's some kind of a plan written out and I'm just kind of walking blindly and this plan is written out for me and I'm like, well, OK, whatever. Bring it on. I, I can and it makes life very easy to handle and cope with. Um, and it keeps me in a in a positive outlook, because even in the most darkest hour, in the fucking most traumatic shit that can happen to you, like I can still see some kind of a light out of it or some comedy out of it at the very least. Um. Oh. Yeah, sorry.
0: This might be, uh, maybe I'm wrong, uh, but is this the way kind of hands became a kind of the theme or or the album uh, title as well, where you kind of looked at something I would imagine is quite traumatic that happened when you were very young, but you can kind Mm. of find the other side of it?
1: Yeah, yeah, that's very true, because um, I recognize that ever since my uh, accident happened with my hand, I cut all my fingers Mm. off on my left hand that um i really find the attention that it gets is hilarious because some some people think oh my god you poor thing and um and get really sad about it and i and i and i laugh because i think why are you sad about it i'm not in the slightest bit sad about it and i find these reactions that people have to something that is not not their problem or their you know not for them to worry about um i find that very funny and and uh obviously I got a lot of attention out of something. So probably painful and shocking. So for me, pain and shock amounts to getting a love and attention and care. But these are little theories that I've tried to work out is like, why do I like scars? Why do I like Mm. stories? And, and I'm not scared of trauma and I'm not, you know, all these little things. And I think it definitely amounts from that. And I, My early, early memories of what people thought of me. uh, People would say, oh, it's very tragic that you'll never be able to play the guitar as well as you should be, or you'll never be able to play the piano as well as professionals. And I remember thinking, but my heart is in it. And I know that there's some players who are better than me, that their heart is not in it. Um, And that was at a very, very, very young age when I was six or seven, I always thought, um, no, I'm definitely going to be, I'm going to show them that I can do it, do it just as well as anybody else. So that instilled an ego (laughs) in me, some kind of a stubborn show off ego in me. Um, and that's led me to be constantly learning. I love learning. I want to be really good at production. I want to be really good at this, that, the other Um, I'm not competitive with others. I'm just competitive with myself. I like learning. That's it, yeah.
0: What is one thing then that you've learned from this uh, album process, productionally? What what was one thing you thought, well, I'm going to place some emphasis on this and I want to kind of hone in on this little skill?
1: Um, Look, I'm going to be so... I'm going to be honest now. Um, My whole career, I tried to try tried to push forward way too hard the idea that of of what I'm good at because I wanted to be critically um critically well known for being good at this da, 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 and that's the ego bullshit again and it led to me getting really angry when I wasn't recognized for stuff mm-hmm. uh, or I was incorrectly um judged about something uh about my performance or my music or anything like that and in this record so so i got really controlling on um production and engineering and writing nobody is allowed to touch a chord nobody is allowed to touch a lyric i bring i play all the instruments on the record as much as i can this kind of thing you know um and this record i was like uh I was a fucking passenger. It's my first time going into somebody's space and saying, I had the, here's my, here's my half baked idea. And then they would take it. And for example, Philip, uh, Philip Milner, the co-producer of the record took it and he totally developed it himself. And I sat there and I love Philip's music. I adore his sound. It really speaks to my soul so I was sitting there going, this person who I love is just totally taking it and they've, they're bringing out, drawing out ideas in me, but I'm, I've left it. I left it in the hands of, of others, basically. And that was a fucking huge thing that I learned was to not always want to be the forefront of everything and just to be a passenger and enjoy what other people bring to your world to be able to step back and say, I've done the work and people know me and people know what I'm like. People know what I want and they are doing the best, the best for what they think I will like. And I really liked the results. I was like, okay, this is a thing. So now I'm much less, uh, I'm much less worried about being known for how good I am at something. I'm like, just let other people receive the work that they they deserve and uh, i'll step back and i'm like i'm very happy where i am
0: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so it sounds, yeah the way you describe it it sounds like uh, once you cross that bridge of letting go about certain things that it can be quite liberating yeah and then maybe this is something you mentioned before we turned the camera on of, of of um getting older or the uh, Yep. that that your perspective changes on things that like that perhaps you, you want to prove yourself earlier on and now you're yep. kind of
1: mm-hmm.
0: more, more confident uh, in, in yes. what you do, I suppose.
1: Yeah. It's an age thing for sure. Um, when you get older, you just like, I'm, I'm only 39. <laughs> it's oh. a, you know, I'm still a baby in this earth. Oh. Um, but you notice it when you get older that, yeah, definitely. Like you say, um, I want a calmer, more peaceful life. And I want to love the people that I surround, that my life is surrounded by. And I love my people that I work with and my colleagues and my loved ones. And all I want is a peaceful life to be happy in my skin and uh, not worry what others think about me, because that's none of my business. Uh, it's a yeah, it's an age thing and it's, it's great. You only get better with age, I think. Yeah.
0: This is uh, kind of, to me, has always been the paradox of, of musicians or, or artists in general, I suppose. But w- what first attracted you then to putting it? Because when you are a musician or an artist, you do have to put yourself out there to be to be judged. That's kind of a given. So, what attracted you to that element of it in the first place? Was it was it a sense of proving something? Uh,
1: the thing that attracted me to music in the first place was, uh, the people, uh, the interesting people that you meet, okay. um, from all walks of life. Uh, cause I'm a, I'm a, I enjoy the story of life, uh, more than I enjoy music actually. Um, so I, yeah, experiencing life, I think was the most important thing, but, um, in terms of the, of the, the, why I chose music, um, there's just so many bonuses to being a musician. You get, you, like I say, you get to travel, you get to see the world. Um, and it's a very people like musicians. I think music is a common languages, language less communication. Um, it makes you feel before you realize that you're feeling, it makes you understand the world. It, Touches everybody deeply, um, and it's it marks time. It's like a, reading a history book when you when you are when you listen to modern music, current music. You're part of history, mm-hmm. and there's something about that which attracts me because, um, in my life, I'm very aware of the time that I'm living in right now. Um, I'm very aware of. Uh, political movements and social, the zeitgeist of time. Sure. So I love music for that because it really tells you where you were, what era it was, how people were feeling, the health of the the health of the social mind. And mm. um, yeah, it's just fucking really. But I also have to say that I, there's nothing else in the world that, um that moves me like music. No matter what I do, no matter where I, my mind goes, music is always there. So I have to just trust that there's something far deeper and far more important than, than my body in here just now. I, I just seem to be some kind of a like a lump of flesh and bones yeah. that's supposed to do something. And I'm not even sure if I'm if I can. I, I don't. I don't control it. So it controlled me and I'm just here to do whatever the fuck it says, actually.
0: <laughs> and the good thing then is uh, that after two years of kind of having to be in, in, well, I was going to say hiding, but that's not quite right. But to, 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 to have that taken away in a sense, uh, to be now uh, able to do so again, and you mentioned that you already had that thought of once we are able, I want to full band and I want to just have that celebration. Uh, and share that celebration with people. So thinking about the shows that perhaps you've already played this year. And and then uh, in the fall, you're doing a big tour. uh, Mm -hmm. How far along are you in the kind of uh, creating that, that, that live show and and that experience?
1: Um, It's very primitive at the moment, but the the foundation of it is the most important thing. Um, I found the people that I want to play with. Um, I found People that uh, I found the band that I want to play with and I've asked them to prepare their mind and get their body exercised because what we're going to be doing is a rigorous show, Uh, tons of tons of energy and they need to start uh, exercising and cardio work and stuff like that. Um, So it's really fun to be kind of just this little like magician going, (laughs) okay, maybe do like 80 sit-ups a day or do paradiddles for a half an hour, or can you get your hand doing this for five minutes? I mean, I need these things from you. And, um, and then, and then after that is like, all you need is three days in the studio together to get the real groove together. Um, and then after that, it's just live shows. We just have to play together. So, the, the basis is primitive we still haven't rehearsed yet but they're already excited and i'm already excited and we're just talking about how it's going to feel so you can, in um you predict your life actually if you start to visualize your life mm-hmm. and what you want then it then it starts to become real and so that's why our minds are extremely powerful and we have to be careful what we wish for because it's going <laughs> to fucking happen yeah <laughs> So, um, yeah, I mean, hopefully, hopefully the short, the tours go, go ahead. Hopefully nobody fucking dies. Um, And at the same time, if everything doesn't happen, I expected it to. So everything's going to be okay. Yeah.
0: So in uh, those words, Wallace, thank you so much for taking the time.
1: (laughs) Thank you, Robin. That was a lovely interview. Thank you, darling.
0: Thank you.